Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakoven and Nathan Brennan. Water Cooler is here on a Tuesday for you, so happy Tuesday to everybody out there. We've got Nate blowing up some uh, red balloons. He's going to have to blow up quite a bit more. We're going to hand out these ticket balloons now um, because the Husker football program has changed forever since we last spoke to you guys. The uh, where it's going to pop. Yeah, it might pop. That actually wouldn't be bad radio. See if you can, you can pop one. No, I don't know if I <laughs> want to pop it. It hurt. It's scary. Uh, it doesn't actually hurt, but uh, yeah, we got plenty of balloons. I don't know what what else we're gonna do with them, but there's not enough helium. Uh, Give anymore. away to the listeners. You wanna? You got someone you go. in your family that likes balloons? We'll blow one up for you. I'll make a a balloon giraffe. <laughs> did, you, did you ever get those when you went to the circus? Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, like the. Just get the, your son the one. He'd probably love that. Yeah, the clowns. Uh, can do some oh, magic I with hate those clowns. I, do you? Oh, I don't like. Clowns. Were you scared of clowns? I'm not like scared of clowns, but I certainly wouldn't be like, hey, like clowns are cool. What about Pennywise? He's got red balloons. Who? Pennywise? I don't know what that is. You don't know Pennywise the the clown? Pennywise the from it? From like, oh, so you're a horror movie guy? Movie guy? Yeah. Aren't you nah, I don't you didn't watch, watch it? No, nah, I don't watch horror movies. <laughs> Look at that. You're on this. <laughs> I, I get scared very easily, and I don't. I just. I don't well, like you're an adult. What is that? To, no, it, I'm not interested by a horror movie. I'm going to watch some. I want it to be funny. I want it to be uplifting. I want to either cry or I want to laugh. You can cry in a horror movie. But not that kind of. No, I want to be like, <laughs> wow, like they did it. Like Rudy. You don't like any horror movies? No, I, I've honestly probably in my life seen. Also, if you're in the Starter Heyman video stream, the ticket. We got a balloon. So RIP to the balloons. Yeah. Um, no, I, I've probably seen maybe two, three horror movies in my entire life. I saw Get Out when it was really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw one where a clown rides a tricycle. I can't remember what it was called. It was terrible. Like, that's the thing is some of these movies aren't even, sc- I've seen Jaws and some of these movies aren't, <laughs> Jaws even, is not necessarily aren't even scary. <laughs> they just, it's just terrible plot. And no, I want to see something happy. I guess that's just the no. who I am as a person. I just like to see like four teenagers go off into the woods and have mayhem happen to them, and one of them live no, at the end. That's no. my favorite. No, I want to see like the Sandlot. Kids go into the woods and <laughs> play baseball. And play baseball, <laughs> yeah. Play baseball and make robots to go chase the baseball. Yeah, that's my kind of movie. Well, all right. Well, we have a difference in movies, and a lot of people have a difference in opinion on this. Uh, the balloon. Um, well, the helium shortage, I guess you can't have too much of an, an opinion on, on that, but there has been a long uh, argued whether these this balloon release should happen to begin with because of the en- environmental impact. And uh, I, the, I know that they've made the shift to make the balloons and the strings biodegradable, but still, they're not just going to de- degrade overnight. So there's still a concern there. And so, uh, you know, all that aside, it seemed like that was just a, that was a... Uh, a distraction for years we were thinking about that and and uh what what you know when would the balloon release end and ultimately ends due to a helium shortage and i i was talking to brett baker who has done uh the spicy sauce challenge mm-hmm. with you guys yeah. before he said Hot that one. this has happened i believe six years ago he said correct me if i'm wrong text line 402-464-5685 correct me if i'm wrong he said six years ago or so there was a helium shortage then 
and they got rid of it for just that season, but then brought it back. Yeah. So there's a chance that they could bring it back. It sounds like Trev Alberts might be kind of done with it, and I think a lot of fans aren't really too worried about it. But then you do have some fans that think this is kind of the beginning of the end when it comes to Nebraska football. It's like, that happened a few years ago. So right. yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is really going to seal the deal for that one. But I'll be entirely honest, as someone that – didn't follow Husker football as closely as you guys did. Obviously, I'm just a huge diehard college football fan. So, mm-hmm. for the most part, when Nebraska was good, I kept in touch with them. Unfortunately, in the past few years, they haven't been great. I kept up, and well, I have been forced to keep in touch with and, them. But now it's like, well, you don't have a choice. You're going to say that they're going to go 9-3, and three and you're going to stick with it. So, yeah. that's what I've done. And I'm actually, I might go one step further. We're about to get into that here in just a second, a little tease there. The thing about the balloons, I, I knew about the tunnel walk. I think that's iconic. Most people that follow college football, you know about the tunnel walk, the serious, the Chicago Bulls theme. They walk out. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It is one of the coolest experiences I've been to. The balloon thing, I had never I, – I asked Twitter, literally, when it happened, I said, what is this balloon thing? I didn't know anything about yeah. it. So, Did you find it to be kind of cool to see a bunch of red balloons? I mean, it was celebration? cool. It was cool until I think the first game I went to, the touchdown got called back. So oh, half yeah. the balloons were released – and then the other half of release when they the touchdown was actually scored. So I was like, if you're a fan, you're obviously excited that they score a touchdown, set it off, and the ref's like, no, wave it off. And then you just have a mess. Well, and then there's always the debate about whether you should do it after the first touchdown or after the first like points. Like if you kick a field goal, can you release balloons? Do they <laughs> usually? I think they're. I mean, half the people do, and half the people wait for uh, for a touchdown. I guess either way, we we won't have to worry about it now. I've long um, been kind of quiet about it because I know a lot of people like the balloon shortage, but I still th- think it's kind of funny. Or the balloon release, I should say. I still, you know, I'm not over. I guess I'm just not like overly uh, in- enthusiastic about the topic, but I I I kind of torn between it because I liked the balloon release growing up. Like that was kind of something when you were a kid, you could do yeah. as a kid. Yeah, it's it's similar to Lil Red, and we I heard the discussions about sacrificing Lil Red earlier, <laughs> and that's uh you know maybe something that could be done. But again, that's for the kids. That's not necessarily it's not for, for the, the adults, adults that yeah. enjoy the football game. Uh, and I think that that's kind of similar for for this, and it's it's kind of cool spectacle. I think to see all those balloons. Um, but at the same point, I always kind of thought, you know, it's just kind of weird to be like, ah, turtle might die, but we scored. <laughs> just release a balloon. Let like, it go. I'm going to litter because we scored. That's kind of weird. I mean, uh, it is kind of weird. It looks, it looks cool. It does look cool. But don't a bunch of farmers in Kansas or something get mad because they always end up blowing all the way over to Kansas <laughs> or something? I heard someone say that. Yeah, I, I mean, they just land today. in all different places and, and people get upset. And, and again, it doesn't. Um, you know, they, they, so they've they've changed to be biodegradable and try to make it better. But again, it doesn't just evaporate overnight. So the thing about this, though, that I feel and I could be very wrong and very off base here. Are Husker fans in like 10 years going to be like, man, I really wish this balloon release was still here. Or is it more of like, OK, it was cool. You might remember that if you're talking to like your five year old kid. But outside of that, it's eh. like if they got rid of the tunnel walk, that would be a serious shift in how the Huskers come out. Like, I, yeah. I think there would be an uproar, and people would talk about well, this that is a tradition for years. the 60s, I think. Yeah, I mean, this is a long time going. But I feel like it's very different comparing this to the tunnel walk. 
They're two very different traditions. That, that's I a could newer. Be the tunnel walk's very much newer. It's a really? '90s tradition that really? started. So, um, you know, I, I think that this is is again. It's not gonna. I'm I'm not gonna go to a Husker game now because I can't release a balloon. I don't think it's gonna do anything <laughs> like that. Um, but I think there will be some people that miss it. Some people that are happy again because of environmental reasons, and uh, a lot of people down the middle. I think most people are down the middle, just like yeah, I'll forget about it eventually. That's the thing is, I feel like most people will be like, okay, well. It was fun while it lasted. I don't know. Jory says the people that like the balloons are the same people that think we should run the triple option again. I would love to run the triple option. Triple option. <laughs> awesome. Look, I am all for the power eye triple oh, option. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, why would we do that? Why would we do that when it's the only blueprint that's ever worked to win national championships at Nebraska? But, you know, my, my, hey, my things, hey, things change, Buck. Yeah, but, I'm sure. I've noticed Nebraska since they went away from the option has changed quite a bit. Yeah, who would have thought, right? Uh, Augie says that's why we did it to, co- to torture Colorado, Kansas, and Iowa. If that was actually the goal, Nebraska's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. <laughs> I don't think that is that the is actual awkward. universities are too upset about it. Uh, it was awkward, as Adam points out. Of uh, you know, there were times that Nebraska <laughs> wouldn't score. Um, even past halftime, <laughs> and so you're just holding on to your balloon for a long time. Now that, it becomes a nuisance. Yeah, that's you need. You know, you can't just watch the balloon. You got to go go to the bathroom or get up and. Take a call, cigarette break, whatever you do. Well, I tell you what, Buck, this is a pretty good transition because that won't be the case this year. And I have stats to prove it. Are you ready for this? I've been preparing for this. There won't be shut out I'll at, be preparing at all this. in the first half well, this year. I, I sure hope not, especially with the offense that they've created now. So to preface this, Marcus Washington, I don't know if it was last night or this morning. I, it had been the past couple days it had been rumored yeah. that he was going to commit to Nebraska. So wide receiver from Texas has played with Casey Thompson before. This has been rumored for days. Four-star recruit in high school, three-star coming out of the transfer portal. He commits to Nebraska. Nebraska's 2022 class, as it currently stands, 31st overall rank, 41st composite rank when you look at 24-7. Transfer ranking, 6th. So I did some digging, and... All that I could find was last year. In 2020, they started doing this transfer ranking, but they didn't rank as many teams, so it, it was kind of a mess. I couldn't really filter it out. Yeah. Transfer portals are rather new as far as immediate impact. They were. So 2021 is the first year they have the actual transfer ranking where I can find the top seven teams. I went with seven teams. And 2022, obviously, Nebraska's six. So I, to, to tell you guys this, so 2022 is USC, Ole Miss, LSU, Oklahoma, Alabama, Nebraska. I looked at 2021 and looked at these teams because now we've seen on the field what these transfer rankings mean on the field. Number one was Oklahoma, went 11 and two last year. Number two, so number one for the transfer rankings was Oklahoma, 11 and two. Two, Georgia, 14 and one. This is where eh, you can have some discrepancy. FSU, I think FSU has its fair share of problems. Outside the transfer portal, FSU is not a very competitive team. That's where it's. Uh, That's kind of where Nebraska is, I guess. Nebraska is a competitive compared team, to Georgia though. and Oklahoma. But Nebraska is a competitive team. I'm, but my best example is who was number six last year, because okay. Nebraska number six this year. So I have FSU, who did go five and seven. So to their credit, they did have more wins than Nebraska. So <laughs> it'd be Scott Frost's best year. So uh, <laughs> fair enough. UCLA eight and four. UCLA came at four. Yeah, I think Nebraska going. fans take an eight and four season. I think that's a good turnaround. You're heading in the right direction. USC is five, and I told you beforehand, I don't know if you can really consider USC as a part of this because you had your issues. Clay Hilton was fired after week two. Yeah. That was an absolute disaster, and I think if Nebraska starts similar to USC, well, Scott Fresno, you might be done after week two. So, I think that's 
take USC as you will. I'm not including USC in this because I think it's kind of unfair to say. <laughs> but you got to think you're a transfer. So you listed five teams and you're discluding USC. And no, who was the other can, one? We can include FSU. <laughs> FSU. If you want to include FSU at five and seven, we'll do that. We'll use them as the outlier. I think it's unfair to include USC because a lot of those transfers, a lot of those commits committed to Clay Helton, and he was fired after week two. That's dis- that's a disaster of a season. If Nebraska yeah. fires Scott Frost after in the middle of the season, it's probably going to be a disaster. Well, it's similar to what I said about 2017 Nebraska. When right. the administration gives up on you in week two or three or four. You're done. Before you, you hit you conference play. Yeah, what do you, what's so, the motivation? USC 4-8. Number six, this is where it gets interesting, and this is where I want to talk about. So Nebraska is sixth in the transfer ranking right now. Last year, Kentucky. Mm. Ten wins. 10-3. and three. Kentucky was not expected to be a great team. They play in the SEC. 10 wins. Number seven, Alabama 13-2. and two. There's a trend, and I know there's, there's a couple outliers. Again, I think USC has been unfair. You can use Florida State. That's fine. They're the outlier at 5-7. and seven. Maybe Nebraska is the outlier this year at 5-7. and seven. The teams that performed well in the transfer portal last season were very good on the field. All of them except for UCLA, who won eight games, and then, as I mentioned, FSU and USC, who went five and four wins, won ten games or more. So I'm telling you right now, if I had to say, am I leaning more towards eight and four? My prediction is nine and three. If I'm leaning more towards eight and four or ten and two, it's ten and two. <laughs> as you're, the as transfer you're, you're wavering on your nine and I'm, threes. I'm wavering. To ten and two. The transfer portal has shown last year was an example, and I know this is the first year that we can really look at this, is how it panned out in the field. If you look at last year, the teams that were at the top of the transfer portal rankings that 24-7 has, they perform well in the field. And I think Kentucky is a perfect comparison to Nebraska going into this season. Kentucky was sixth in the transfer rankings, Nebraska's sixth. Team didn't have that much high of expectations, didn't perform well the season before. Five and six, I believe, the season before, and you go ten and three. Because a lot of it, for example, Wondell Robinson. Right. Your transfer ranking, I know it's a, it's a small sample size, but the transfer ranking and the transfer portal as it currently stands makes a huge impact. And you can look at Nebraska's transfers right now. We could probably name five off the top of our head that are going to start going into this season. Mm-hmm. Probably more. So I'm saying if, if this is if my theory checks out, Nebraska will be a 9-10 win football team. Where's Michigan State on that list last year? Because that was I'm kind of sure. the big winner, right? We got Kenneth Walker. Um, and uh, I'm going to look at that actually. Yeah, because I'm I'm also curious. So I mean, that's kind of interesting too. Is you know maybe because that's that's the thing is you don't know like Wandale's huge. Um, yeah. Did Nebraska get a second team All American that's going to lead the the conference in receiving out of the portal? You know, like a lot of these the the portal rankings um, are difficult to go through as, as far as like. You know, we have expectations for all these guys. I mean, Nebraska's transfer portal additions are a hodgepodge of guys that you expect and have done a little bit to show that they can do it at this level. Potential. Um, a little bit of potential. So you don't know which one of these guys, uh, like a Kenneth Walker, are going to be an absolute home run uh, or like Wandale. Um, and, you know, who's just going to kind of fade like maybe some of those Florida State kids. It's interesting because Michigan State is 20th and Kenneth Walker came in as a three-star. Transfer mm-hmm. from Wake Forest, yeah. three-star. I don't think he was a Heisman finalist, but he was about there. So it can happen. And like you said, I, I wouldn't put my money on you getting a Kenneth Walker in the transfer portal. I hope that that is the case, but I wouldn't put my money on that. 
But it shows that the, the, the transfer portal does matter in today's college football. And I know a lot of people don't like the transfer portal. I have my own issues with the transfer portal. I think that adjustments need to be made very similar to NIL. But there are situations and there are teams that benefit off the transfer portal. And this is the first year when you look at past in history that Nebraska has gone quote unquote all in on the transfer portal. Like this team has been completely restructured from the ground up. We again, we could name five. I think when it's all said and done, you'll probably have close to 10 starters from the transfer portal. That's half of your team. Yeah. Half of your starters are coming you can't from the transfer and punters. Portal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. But I mean, that's that's crazy. And I think it's going to have an impact on the field. I really do. And I think that that makes me a little bit more optimistic because when I looked at this at first, I was like, oh, my God, Florida State's on this list. This is just going to be a wash. But other than Florida State and the USC, there is proof that the transfer portal does matter. Well, it's it, it, it's also, I mean, one, it's a short sample size. Two, it's not it conclusive. Is. And three, um, it's uh, it's 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 probably different than what this year is. I want like, what are the numbers that you're seeing from last year's? I didn't go back and look. What are the numbers that people have? Because I, as I went down and looked at this, I'm because I'm wondering, and I'm going to ask, you know, Sean Callie and Brian Munson when they come on today. If they see this as more of a long-term thing, obviously maybe 16 is a lot, and you're not going to get that many. There's not many teams around the nation that have that many. But there are 40-plus teams with over 10 transfers. I don't know That's if that crazy. was the case last year. I don't know because, you know, NIL um, and the transfer portal was kind of new. I think we're going to see this increasingly. And I'm also just fascinated by the fact that you said Georgia's on there because Georgia right now has zero transfer portal players. Last year, they had a few of them. So that's kind of they interesting. All, I mean, they were the second. Out yeah. of the transportal rankings, the ranking system that they used, they were second. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's the thing is, too, when you look at the 2022, I mean, the teams up there are teams that, I mean, USC is one, and I'm assuming a lot of that is credited to Lincoln Riley, Caleb yeah. Williams, and Jordan Addison. Those two alone are going to make you probably in the top Travis died, like, led the Pac-12 in rushing, too. I mean, they got some guys. Right. I mean, they, USC is probably, if I had to pick, is going to win the Pac-12. Right. Them or maybe Utah. Then you have Ole Miss, Played really well last season. Have a quarterback in the second round of the NFL draft. LSU on the come up after getting rid of Coach O. Oklahoma, Alabama, Nebraska. So these are. T it's not like we're throwing out like a Cincinnati or a Texas. If if you had like a Texas school in there, or maybe a team that hasn't performed, a Virginia Tech. If you had teams like that, okay, maybe we'd be having this different discussion. These are teams that have competed at the top level. Georgia was at Georgia last year second. They ended up winning the national championship. Alabama at seven. They were in the national championship. But a lot Kentucky of those teams are six. starting. See, Kentucky's a good Kentucky's example. Alabama and Georgia's example. not because those teams are already like UCLA's a year good in, example. Year out. Yeah. How many? How many? How many guys did these teams add? Uh, I can look into it. Yeah. I'm maybe look at, sure. again into last year's. You want to look at? I think Kentucky would be the best comparison. Right. Yeah. I'd like to see Kentucky. Because I mean, I, I mean, also like they just—I I believe Will Levis was probably on there too. So when you get a quarterback that that works out to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, and a second—you know—a guy that leads their second, whatever it was, uh, in the in, in the league in, in receiving, um, you know, they got their hits. I mean, that's similar to Kenneth Walker. I mean, you know. So what's interesting too is that the way Kentucky, their recruiting class as a whole, shaped up. Nebraska, I believe, is what thirty something like that. Thirty. Yeah. Kentucky was thirty-five. So Kentucky didn't have a good recruiting class by normal standards at the high school level, but then they were sixth in the transfer rating. So they had da, 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 seven transfers. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, there's there's some things that you can like there, some things that uh, you can't. But it's a good. I, I like the exercise going back and look at last year's um, and and seeing what, what's there. I think it's I think it's a uh, hit and miss data so far, though. I mean, I think there are for optimism, like optimistic guys like you. I think you could lean in toward the Kentuckys. Um, but again, it, it's different. I mean, Nebraska has more than double those guys, and again. I hope one of these guys is Wandale. I hope one of these guys is Kenneth Walker. But those are the big winners when you get All-Americans. And I agree with that. But you're giving yourself a chance because you said there's, what, 16 transfers? I don't know how yeah. many of those are position players because normally when we're talking about the Wandales, the Kenneth Walkers, they're probably offensive linemen, defensive linemen that entered the transfer portal, played great that season. But mostly what you're looking at is skill players. Between quarterback, receiver, and running back, I mean, how many were there? Six? Seven? So you have a large – there's someone that could. You have definitely a right. plethora of options that could be that guy. Will they be? We don't know. It's interesting. Jory says five to ten years from now we'll know how important the portal actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be different for, for different people. Mel Tucker's already made $90 million off the portal. So he didn't wait ten years, you know? Yeah. So, I mean – It worked it, out pretty well. Be- it worked out for Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, on thanks to Nebraska getting rid of their best player. All right, let's go to Chris here on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Chris, what do you think about today? Yeah, guys, yeah, we had a ton of transfer guys last year that uh, were impact guys at running back. Uh, uh, What's-his-face from USC, yeah. um, who after his 45-yard play didn't see the field hardly at all anymore after the first game. Yeah. I never quite understood that. Um. They never ran that play again for Marquis Step that that wheel route. Yeah, he disappeared um, until the who final. Who lost the forty-five yard gain later in the season? It worked once. Let's just keep it that way. Um, and then Ture, of course. Uh, um, we had that five-star from Ohio State. I don't think he ever saw the field. Tyreek yeah. Johnson. Wasn't our wasn't our kicker? Uh, uh, didn't we have transfer kicker who? Kicked? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I mean, on offense, I don't care. I mean, I. If Frost is involved in the offense, it can't work. So the defense, I have full faith that uh, Shamander can make uh, all those transfers uh, work into a cohesive unit. You know, if, if he thinks they're good, I mean, he didn't. He didn't think the Ohio State guy was any good, so he didn't play. And you know, we had a really good secondary. So, so I, I trust Shamander far more than I trust the offense. At least as far in so far as as Frost is involved. If he's if he's giving it over to the uh, to the, the uh, Charmin guy, yeah, Whipple. that's great. Um, uh, then that 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 can have a big improvement if he's got his hands in it too much. Um, then I don't see the offense getting a whole lot better. I don't care which uh, transfer portal guys they got, but the defense, yeah, especially if we have an edge rusher. If if that guy is uh, who we think he is on the edge, then yeah, that that's going to make a huge difference. Then you don't have to worry about the secondary too much. I mean, really, you know, that's where I put my focus on defense is on the line because quarterback uh, doesn't have time to make a ham sandwich back there. Then, then <laughs> you know, uh, then you you don't need a great secondary. So yeah. Yeah, thanks for the call, Chris. I think those are some good points. Just kind of pointing out that it was it's been hit or miss with Frost ah. altogether with how he's patched up the the uh the the holes in the roster. I thought he's done a great job every offseason getting those holes filled. Have they worked out every time? No, but some of them do. I mean, Samari Toure is a, a perfect example. When you look at this theory, though, Nebraska five transfer portal recruits last year. When you look at this overall ranking, twenty three. There's a huge gap between twenty three and six. 
So yes, they did hit the transfer portal, but Nebraska hasn't hit it like this. Like this is they have attacked the transfer portal. They are they are top six in transfer portal ranking overall. Yeah. And if if you ask me right now if they were done, I'd probably say no. Yeah, I mean, you might see some And more, you might even stuff. see Nebraska enter the top five for this transfer portal ranking. And again, it, it, it might not have an effect on the field, but if you look at the small sample size last year, it did. It made a huge impact. And for what it's worth, as far as, you know, Frost being involved in the offense, is, they, I mean, they cannot run that that offense that's been so reliant on the quarterback run. I mean, they can throw some RPOs in there, um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Casey Thompson's not going to make it three or four games if they allow him to take as many hits as Adrian did in the run game. So it's going to be a different offense. I I, I agree with his words, though, too. I mean, I, I trust the defense to kind of get there. And, and the bodies that they put on that defensive line, um, I'm excited for some Tommy of Tommy Hill, my guy. Yeah, I mean, all, all, just a lot of these guys um, is kind of turning that uh, talent question uh, that we got to a, a couple weeks ago. is like, which team's more talented last year or this year? They're starting to start making case nah, for this. might be a discussion. Yeah. Also, Wandale got drafted in, what, the second? Yeah, second round. Yeah, uh, that, uh, we'll be right back, actually, on the Ticket Water Cooler with Brian Munson of Husker Online. That's coming up next. <laughs> 